0: This is On The Tee, Golf New Zealand Podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer. Proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand and Guerrilla Voice Media. Hello again and welcome to On The Tee. I'm Brendan Telfer along with my co-host Tom (coughs) Hyde. Sorry, Tom Hyde. (coughs) I think there's an H in there somewhere, isn't there? (coughs) There's a D in there. Yeah. Hello again and welcome to On The Tee. I'm Brendan Telfer along with my co-host Tom Hyde and we're here every fortnight to shine the spotlight on another interesting, intriguing aspect of the golfing landscape in this country. We come to you in association with our good friends at JK's World of Golf out there at Nixon Road at Auckland International Airport with its huge shop and driving range open 24-7. Check them out at jksworldofgolf.co.nz. And also our friends at the Akarana Golf Club, just 10 minutes from the centre of Auckland. Check them out at akarana for some great online green fee deals today our guest is team Nguyen the participation manager of New Zealand golf and participation has been a key word in the resurgence of golf in this country over the last 12 months an extraordinary thing has happened I, I seem to uh, suspect that it's taken place in other sports as well but when the country came out of those very restrictive lockdowns in about June of last year 12 months ago Ago, there was this upsurge in the number of people heading to their local golf course to play a round of golf. Many thought this would taper off after a couple of months, but it doesn't appear to have been the case. And these days, if you think you can pitch up to a golf club, particularly in a metropolitan centre, and walk to the first tee and tee off for a round of golf, You'll be in for a bit of a rude shock These days if you don't book in advance You're unlikely to get on A course for example in any of the main cities uh, Any day of the week Monday to Friday and the weekends So the participation numbers Appear to still be up Which is another interesting story in itself So with me now we have the Participation manager from Golf New Zealand uh, Team Newen. Uh, team thank you very much for your time We appreciate it joining us here on, on the team So the playing numbers as I've mentioned mentioned, took a surge 12 months ago. How do the numbers midway through 2021 compare with where they went
1: to 12 months ago? Yeah, great to be here, Brendan, and uh, lovely to join you as well, Tom. So reflecting back on 12 months, it's definitely gone through a surge for golf. And if we would think about uh, membership, about 12 months ago, we were sitting about 104,000, and that's increased about 12% uh, up to 118,000 plus now. Um, and we, if we look at the rounds played about 12 months ago, we were sitting at about 3.1 million rounds played, and that's uh, up above 4 million rounds played in the last 12 months. So, um, and Thanks. taking into consideration as well. Casual golfers, uh, that's also increased as well. So you'd say all trends are looking positive for golf at the moment. So in a very curious kind of way, <laughs> you can thank COVID for this. Well, I think um, I think coming out of COVID, I think people had um, taken a bit of time to reflect on what's important to them, um, and it seems that getting outdoors, their health and well-being, being with friends and family connection with others has been really important and it's been great to see them take up golf whether they're a previous golfer or whether they've been a new golfer to the game. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really uh, just trying to make the game as accessible to everyone as possible.
0: And the interesting thing for me is that uh, these numbers, which as you've just recapped and explained, t- took a, an upward uh, trend after the lockdowns last year, I think many of us felt, you know, old timers, that uh, it was a bit of a perhaps a a nine-day wonder that people would kind of play a few rounds of golf and then get back into their previous routines. But it doesn't appear to have happened, does it? Golf clubs are just as busy today as they were 12 months ago.
1: Yes, certainly. Um, We've we've definitely haven't seen the... uh, a significant drop off. If, if anything, the trend has continued, um, and you know as we're approaching into into winter, um, we might we might see yeah. that um, weather dependent. But um, we do expect coming through to the summer as well that um, the existing base of players is going to continue, uh, and we're really excited for summer to to come around as well and see if that continues.
0: So it's been a A really peculiar ride, isn't it, for Golf in New Zealand? I do remember um, getting on, I suppose, to 10 years ago. In the wake of the global recession around about that time a decade ago, there was a a fall-off from year to year in the number of registered golf club members in this country to the point where here in Auckland uh, there was this – kind of battle going on for the survival of Chamberlain Park and uh, some local politicians here wanted it chopped in half. And one of their reasons uh, for justifying this claim of theirs is that uh, golf numbers are falling. There are too many golf clubs in New Zealand and that some of them should be converted into green areas for the whole of the community to use. Well, that's, that idea has gone out the window now. hasn't? It's been buried once and for
1: all. Yeah, I think uh, particularly in Auckland with the population growing and the trends for golf participation, uh, a facility like Chamberlain Park is incredibly important, Mm -hmm. especially for... um, Your new golfers Your casual golfers And And those
0: that can't afford Maybe $2,000 a year To play in any of the big clubs Which these clubs can now uh, charge Because of the demand So Chamberlain Park you did right It plays a very important part In the kind of social structure of golf A lot of uh, Pacific Islanders And those on low incomes Also um, gravitate towards Chamberlain Park And the idea uh, That it was going to get chopped in half And reduced to a nine hole course I think uh, deeply offended A lot of the golf Community in Auckland, and I'm pleased to see that in the end, the Auckland Council um, decided against that move.
1: Yeah, it's it's great to have the support of Auckland Council in understanding the value of golf facilities and their investment into um, you know helping helping us grow the game. Mm. And that, that includes Chamberlain Park, Takapuna. Mm. These are great introductory facilities, like exactly. you said, for a diverse audience. Mm. And um, it is also a pathway for further involvement in golf, like you said, to you know start off as a casual player, uh, to pay for play when they have the time. And mm. then as they grow a bit more of a love for the game, um, taking up a membership um, at one of the other Auckland golf clubs is a great uh, great stepping stone for them.
2: Yeah, you know, I wonder, uh, Tim, when you take uh, viruses and recessions out of the mix uh, as a participation manager, what what ways do you go about promoting the game and increasing participation?
1: Yeah, sure. So... In, in many ways, we have um, a variety of national initiatives that fall under our uh, Gulf New Zealand strategy. And part of growing the profile, you may have seen over the years, we have a Love Golf campaign, and that's all about trying to uh, improve the perception and change the perception of golf, um, you know, to be fun, accessible, and for people from all walks of life, and also to inspire participation across... Um, all age groups really. And so uh, with, with that approach, we have a variety of initiatives for young people, which is we call futures. We have an initiative for uh, inspiring women into the game. She loves golf. We have an initiative for uh, casual golfers who are looking for a bit more freedom and flexibility to play. That's called Flexi Club. And we also encourage uh, shorter formats of the game in an in initiative that we rolled out two years ago called Make Time Play Nine, which is all about getting out there with your friends and family and making time for yourself, um, you know, with with all the busy lifestyles that we have today. And we also have an initiative that we rolled out two years ago called All Abilities, which is about helping and encouraging uh, disabled golfers get started in the game as well. So um, we've got some really good stuff happening uh, across the country at the moment um, that golf clubs are really doing well driving. And also we've got some stuff in the pipeline as well to Make the game even more accessible for. And
2: uh, are you getting feedback across the country as to which of these initiatives are working, how and why, and one which is what, what are not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, to give you an example for futures, which is our uh, approach to inspire more young people to play the game. You know, if we look at the trends over the last ten years before we launched that initiative in 2018. Um, There was a decline in the number of under-19 members um, at about 5% per annum. And so since we launched in 2018, uh, we've been able to reverse that trend And so, currently, um, our membership for futures or under-19s across the country is sitting at the highest level um, that it has in the previous eight years. That's good news. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, good trends there is not only membership, which is probably how you'd measure highest engagement, um, but the number of young people who are just turning up to golf clubs and uh, p- paying for play, so casual rounds, is also increased at about forty mm. percent as well, and um, the number of number of I guess golf clubs who are actively engaged and um, you know working really hard to create the right systems and structures to create a really welcoming and friendly environment for young people, uh, which it can include membership offerings, that can include positive coaching experiences, could include. Adapting their existing course to put forward T's in place to shorten the course and make that experience better for young people to experience early success. So, um, you know, the whole golf sector is really rallying around. Uh, Futures and inspiring more young people and families to get into the game.
0: Changes had to happen, didn't
1: they, Tim? I mean, for a long time,
0: uh, there was a certain sort of elitism around golf in, in this country, which is, I suppose, one of the reasons why—and it's probably still the case—that the majority of people that play golf in this country don't belong to golf clubs because the, many of them see golf clubs as a kind of an intimidating place uh, with these very strict rules and regulations about shirt collars and knee-high <laughs> white socks <in coughs> summer hats and hats in the bar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. and um, uh, maybe again, i mentioned before how COVID inadvertently might have led to an increase in the number of uh, people playing. Probably that global recession ten years ago, which saw numbers dip, forced golf clubs, uh, with the help of uh, uh, Golf New Zealand, to get clubs to change their attitude and try and break down that kind of um, intimidation that a lot of people saw at, at golf clubs mm. by making them more accessible and. A Place that they could comfortably come and enjoy themselves,
1: and um, it seems to work, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think there. It's really important that a one size fits all approach, um, you know, doesn't doesn't necessarily work. And I think, you know, when you reference back to the global recession um, ten plus years ago, now, um, I think that that situation probably triggered. Um, some different thinking because it, for, it, for, it really yeah. forces you yeah. to to think differently. Yeah. Mm. And I think when you re- reflect now and um, the golf clubs that we work with and the the really capable people who both lead and volunteer and give up their time to um, you know um, take these golf clubs to the next level have been really able to think about you know the customer, the experience, mm. the product, and the services. That are, that are being currently offered and how does that fit the needs of participants of different life stages and mm. different needs mm. and how are we solving their problems, their barriers and how are we meeting the needs of their aspirations mm. and motivations to not only play golf but to help them solve other problems as well in the sense of connection, belonging to a community, uh, their health and well-being and just enjoyment and and time mm. management
0: was an issue isn't it um, without name dropping here I remember a, a few years ago doing a, a very long interview with Gary Player uh, and he was a revelation and here he was a man in his 80s and he's still running his golf course architecture business designing golf courses
2: and doing 100 push-ups a yeah, day, yes. push-ups a day.
0: <laughs> and he was telling me that the area where they have found the biggest growth in terms of new golf courses was in not surprisingly, in the United States, 12 whole golf courses. And the idea around this as opposed to nine, um, when I asked him why 12, not nine, he said, well, a lot of people feel nine is not quite enough. Um, But they don't want to play 18. They haven't got the time. And he said, what we uh, push, because this is what people want, is a golfing facility where mum, dad, and the kids can go out, say, on a Sunday morning and play two hours of golf, 12 holes, and be home for lunch and yeah, he said and so he said we have this demand for these 12 hole golf courses now I only know of one one incidentally in New Zealand that's the Hagley Park course in Christchurch which is owned by the Christchurch City Council and I think it probably once upon a time it was an 18 hole golf course and it's been chopped back to 12 but there's an indication of I suppose the sport reacting to the new kind of environment that a lot of people find themselves and they don't have the time maybe to play mm. 18 holes anymore mm-hmm.
1: so- yeah absolutely and I think the unique thing about our sport is that it does attract such a wide audience, particularly across the lifespan. It's one of the few sports that when you think about adult participation anyway is, you know, there there isn't a, a massive decline across, you know, from 18 through to 75 mm, whereas mm. you might see that in other sports Absolutely. in in New Zealand and you know, it's a game for course, life, isn't it? A game for life, and a uh, game for all skill levels, yeah. and it connects so many different people. So, um, yeah, to be able to, I guess, uh, reflect on the trend of new courses overseas being twelve-hole courses, I think I think that's a great trend um, to be able to. And you can still play eighteen, of course, if you yeah, want. Yeah, absolutely. Off the Twelve holes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that'll appeal to more people, mm. um, and I think the. The ability to uh, create experiences that um, don't don't also detract from mm-hmm. you know the players who who want to play eighteen holes. It's acknowledging that you know you can still play eighteen, mm-hmm. you can play twelve, mm-hmm. you can play nine, you can also play six or three holes. And the other trend that I think is becoming more popular as well is the potential of the way that uh, golf courses are designed. So I know there's more courses being designed uh, where it loops back to the clubhouse mm. um, as mm. often as possible. possible. Yeah. Mm. So that, yeah, if you if you don't want to play 18 holes yeah. or you don't want to play yeah. nine even, you can what? come back to the clubhouse. Yeah. Um in, in the right amount of time, that suits your lifestyle or right. suits your needs. So I think from a golf architecture point of view, I think that's a positive trend.
2: What is your background, uh, Tim, that led you to take up a role like this? I mean I would find this quite a challenging role. Um, but, I mean, do you play and I, I
1: presume and are you – did you have a degree in marketing?
2: I don't know. I'm guessing –
1: yeah, um, I play, not not very well, so probably not as well as both of you, I'm sure. No, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't, I would back off on that one, the way I'm
2: playing. Speak for day. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 speak for, I'll speak for myself. Yeah, yeah carry yeah. on. Yeah.
1: So, um, obviously, um, absolutely love, love uh, my role at Golf New Zealand. I love working with all the people involved in golf. It's a really special community, um, and uh, we also have a great team at, at, at Golf New Zealand as well that uh, enjoy coming to work every day. So that 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 really makes it.
2: But well, I mean, what inspired you to apply for the job?
1: yeah um inspired me golf golf for me is and we we talked a little bit about it earlier was uh, for me it 's a great game for health and well being it 's a game that I can see introducing to my friends and family um, throughout life and also it 's a great way for myself when I think about myself is to spend time with friends and family and you know, a little bit of social competition as well doesn't hurt. Um, uh, so that's always good. As um, you know, there's other activities that I do that potentially are a bit more fast paced and um, pick up the adrenaline. And golf for me is quite relaxing. And what what uh, what are you referring to? What else do you do? Um, a bit of mountain biking. Um, I play a bit of tennis. And so some of that is is um, I've given away a little bit of the team sports. Uh, the body just doesn't do the knees and the joints and the mm. ankles. It's yeah. a high risk activity uh, playing some of the team sports these days for me, so collision sports yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so you know the the beauty of some of the activities as well is that you can choose to do them at your own time. Yeah, well, and in
2: your role, do you travel quite a bit around the country. And if you do, what do you see, say, in the South Island as opposed to the North Island?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I do travel um, across the country. It's really good learning because, you know, each of our – each of the different regions across the country is, you know, has its commonalities, uh, but they also have their differences, and um, that's that's what I, I guess, what makes New Zealand unique and, and beautiful. So, if if I was to speak to some of the differences, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got population areas such as Bay of Plenty, Auckland, who are growing populations. And, you know, that that puts pressure on not only all the, you know, societal infrastructure, but it also um, highlights both the growth in membership and participation in these areas. And that presents different challenges for the golf clubs. Um, Whereas some, you know, some smaller regions or um, some regions who are more dependent on volunteers – and have less of a membership base. That obviously presents um, a view of, of collaboration where we have to uh, work together to design tools, resources, um, and technology systems to help streamline. Um, the administration to reduce the burden on okay. volunteers. Yeah. So.
0: But um, mm. without wishing to use a pretentiously big word, I think, Tom, and it's a good example of where you come from. That there is this kind of a dichotomous look about golf in New Zealand now. The things that we've been talking about, this this kind of congested look at golf courses in major metropolitan areas, particularly, say, Auckland, I imagine it's the same in Wellington and possibly Christchurch, doesn't apply to the part of the country that you live in up on the far north, mm-hmm. top of the North Island. Island, you would never have to book, would you, to go to a,
2: your local golf course? No, not at all. No, not even on a Saturday. I mean, the two up there in the far north are uh, Wangaroa mm-hmm. and Awanui, or Kataya Golf Club. And um, there's just a, there's a healthy membership in both, mm-hmm. but uh, the memberships are limited to maybe 150 to yeah. 200, and so you simply can walk on and of course at Ahipara, you know, I mean we've had John Harden here claiming it's one of the best links courses in the country and I agree with him, it's just difficult it's not a beginner's course unless you want to lose a half a dozen balls you know, like the old Murawai but that's right, I mean if remote areas as as I think Tim's touching on have a different issue than urban areas. They do that,
0: they rely and and I I think Tim just mentioned it uh, they rely very heavily, don't they, on volunteerism, you know, down. To the one of the local farmers, bringing his tractor down yeah. to cut the lawn, cut the fairways, yeah. and mow the lawns, yeah. and the, the the women looking after the gardens, and um, everything is done off the smell of an oily rag. But they get yeah. by, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and the cu- curious thing here is in Auckland, which I suppose is uh, one of the things I like about I suppose living in Auckland. As far as golf goes, you can drive from Auckland. and I, I do this regularly with my mates from um, Akarana. um and we play out in the country. We, a couple of weeks ago, we had this great experience at the Huntley Golf Club, right? It's not on State Highway 1. It's mm. it's, it's 10 minutes or so off the main track. Um, but uh, there's just a friend of mine there who I hadn't seen for nearly 50 years, and he popped up into my life. We ran into each other at a mutual friend's funeral. And he was telling me he was the manager, CEO of the Huntley Golf Club. And, and he said, well, come down, come down. So we did. And we arrived at this course, and there wasn't a This was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. There wasn't a body to be seen anywhere on the course. Nothing, no cars in the car park and no one on the golf course. And as we walked down the 18th, less than three hours later, um, I said to him, I said to my mate next to him, I said, Kevin – He said, look, there's still no one on the golf course. Mm. And it was just this wonderful experience of having your own golf course virtually. Um, Mm. And you can still experience that, um, you know, if you don't mind being stuck in southern motorway traffic for 15 or 20 minutes, Mm. but it's still available relatively, you know, click uh, closely to Auckland. Um, So it's a nice combination. If you get sick of the
2: congestion of Auckland clubs, you don't have to travel far to experience what you do. Yeah, and recently I remember I drove uh – South and then went uh, highway, state highway two, over mm. towards Tauranga, right? And then down tw- and down 27. And years ago, remember, we played Hauraki, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And
2: that's and you know, yeah. I, I drive yeah, by well, I there, I yep.
0: play there two or three times a year, yeah. A great I mean, it's just wonderful, right. it's yes. wonderful, yeah. And Maramarua, mar- yeah.
2: yeah. And I'm just wondering, you know, a question to our guest here, Tim, is if rural and urban makes a really sharp difference in terms of the work you do and the initiatives that you push.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, It it does make a difference and it it really relies on customizing the approach that we work with, with golf clubs. And also recognizing that each golf club, no matter if they're rural or in a metropolitan area, they have goals and they have aspirations, and you know it's it's being able to meet you know meet their needs and support them on that journey. Yeah. So you know, not necessarily um, telling golf clubs how to run you know, run their own facility. It's, it's really um, trying to empower them to, to um, you know, be the best that they can, uh, be reflective of their community and um, just create great impact through participation mm-hmm. and belonging to the club.
2: Is there something that golf clubs could do uh, in terms of uh, innovations that might attract more? Membership or participation, like I was thinking of. Somebody told me about Narawahia years ago to attract young players, young mm. kids. who are going to introduce uh, game computer games, <laughs> yeah. and I'm saying, well, that, that's that's not on the golf course. I mean, computer yeah. games I mean, you, even if we're a golf game. Yeah, but I mean yeah. something extra. Thinking outside the square, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What absolutely. Have you seen
1: well, um,
0: well, actually, on that on that score, next ordered, uh, uh, Narawahi, or not far away, is this Huntley Golf Club he went to. And this uh, f- colleague of mine, a friend of mine who's running it, has got an audacious plan there. He says Huntley is an area where the majority of the population are Maori, right? But there is this resistance by a lot of Maori to go near their local golf club because it's all for these kind of very conservative, uh, aging white men. You know, it's their their own little exclusive club. Colonialism there. he's actively trying to change the name of the club to give it – return it to its Maori name. I think it might be Tiraki. And he says, if we want to grow this club, he said, we've got this fertile ground here, these um, thousands of people who who live in the area, but won't – play golf because they perceive the fact that it's, they're not welcome there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just a really good, well-thought-out initiative from a small club to increase the membership. And he said it is working. He's brought a few things in, and he's, he's got a goal, I think, of wanting to get to 250 members. At the moment, they're about 100 and something. It might be closer to 150. Um, but I was deeply impressed that he had a, a plan. He had a strategy. He had a goal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, he said, well, I'm running into a bit of opposition <laughs> (laughs) from inside the club but he said that's okay that's fine we can deal with that and so it's a good example you know you think outside the square and uh, the sport will attract people you know
2: you, you touch on something and your response to this in terms of Maori participation in golf can you talk to that?
1: Yeah, sure. We have a um, we have a, a partnership with uh, New Zealand Māori Golf Association, and so there's a recent project that um, was undertaken by our national coach Jay Carter, and so um, as, as part of the as part of the program, you know, it was selecting um, Tangatahi. To be part of this um, unique—it was the first time that they've done it—and it's all about um, inspiring them not only to learn and play golf, but um, just to be better, better humans as mm. well. So, mm. um, a unique initiative, um, and I know uh, Māori participation is um, is a key uh, aspect for for us to make the game as inclusive as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, Well, it's got, a, it's got a very rich tradition, Maori golf in New Zealand. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can go back through the years, and there's well, you know, obvious one, I suppose, is Michael Campbell of recent times, but you can go back a long time. And it's almost been like a sort of a kind of a, a subsection of New Zealand golf, hasn't it? Maori golf. It's sort of a separate entity within the family of New Zealand golf. And um, I, I know, for example, in the case of Michael Campbell, uh, when he first came to attention, when he was a member of the Tahi Bay Golf Club just north of Wellington and um, a couple of people from New Zealand golf coaches and others thought this guy's got this beautiful swing, he needs a bit more coaching and so um, uh, the, at the time the um, Maori MP for, I think, that part of the country, Southern Maori, I think it was called, was a guy called Kotto Wetari who became a cabinet minister in one of the Labor governments. And he, he was a keen golfer, Koro. He always used to pitch up at the media golf ted championships every year at Wairake. And he went – apparently, so the story goes, it might be a bit apocryphal, but anyway, he went out to see Michael Campbell and said to Michael – You've got some real talent as a golfer, but you've got to get rid of those earrings and get a haircut, and <laughs> I'll help you, and we'll help you, and we'll put some m- m- money and put some um, developments behind you, which is in history. Uh, and, who knows he did, what happened, eh? and they did. Yeah, very good. And they did. And it was a Maori golf initiative that took Michael from being Titahi Bay Be mm. guy to the national stage, to the international stage. So and it's still alive. I mean, they used, to have a, they used to have a championship. I'm not sure whether it still goes, the annual New Zealand Maori Golf Championship.
1: I believe
2: they do. What do you know?
1: Yeah, they, they still do. going, isn't it? And yes, yes, and um, one of one of the unique things. Obviously, last year we didn't have the um, the open uh, in Queenstown. Right. Uh, the year prior, the champion um, who who wins the annual Māori Championship tournament mm. um, had the opportunity to play at the open oh, as okay. part of the field. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, hoping for. Um, hoping for uh, the Open um, yep. as, as um, you know, we come into closer to, mm. uh, and, 2022.
0: Yeah. And for Rangi is another. I was going to uh, say, your boy uh, and, Phil, yeah. And his mother, who's a member of my golf club, uh, Robin Rangi. Um And so, yeah, it's, um, it's an important
2: – Well, do we know if the, part, uh, the numbers, of the members of the Māori Golf Association are where they're at and where they've been? And is there – what kind of movement is there?
1: I wouldn't know the exact... Exact numbers, Tom. So they're not, really they're not large, fire, yeah.
0: I don't think in turn But they they actually have traditionally um, punched above their weight, basically yeah, in New Zealand. A good golf. expression. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of help given to what well, was a lot of help given to young promising Maori yeah. kids. And Michael Campbell, as I said, is a good example. Phil Tatarangi, hmm. who played his golf at Waitomo down in the Waikato, it was another one.
1: Yeah. Um, what, what we do, what we do, what we do know, Tom, is um, through the Active New Zealand survey, uh, which is um, led by sport New Zealand um, they they cover uh, research around all sport trends and participation and so for uh, maori participation particularly among adults it does sit um, relatively high it 's about mm. ten to twelve percent of uh, maori participation mm. so um, mm. so um, that's yeah that 's a really positive um, yeah. Aspects.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh well, I think on that
1: uh, note. Yeah, uh, Tim, we might um, end it here and thank you very much indeed. Have we
2: missed anything you wanted to say? Or
1: no, no, no. You know, as a um, just to,
2: participation.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I guess if you're listening, it's um, enjoy enjoy your golfing journey. We've got some exciting things happening for golf, and um, a lot of people uh, is putting in. Um, you know, a lot of work to try and inspire more participants yeah. at the grassroots. So and um, enjoy, enjoy your time out there and, um, yeah, get to know the people. I've
2: noticed the Golf New Zealand website pretty much covers all the love of love of golf sort of initiatives you've talked about, so they could go there for more information.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We've got, we try to have something for everyone, no matter if you're just getting started or yeah. if you're an experienced golfer. So, yeah. um, yep, join us on golf.co.nz and we'd love to have you there. Awesome. And
0: it would be fair to say, what which I hope has come through in this discussion, that clubs are far more welcoming now to people who haven't played golf before. So don't be afraid um, of your local golf club. Go along there and introduce yourself and you'll be surprised at how welcome, yeah. I'm sure, you will be made. Anyway, that's our show for today. We thank uh, TM very much, TM Newen from um, Golf New Zealand. And we'll be back again in a fortnight uh, with another story from the Annals of New Zealand Golf. Coming to you again as... I mentioned to you before from JK's Water Golf out there Auckland International Airport and the Akarana Golf Club. So on behalf of Tom Hyde, this is Brendan Telfer saying thank you for your listening today and enjoy your golf. And we'll be back in two weeks' time with more from On The Tee. You've been listening to On The Tee, Golf New Zealand podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer, proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand, And Guerrilla Voice Media. You can find us online at podcasts.nz.